the project. Kuwait. Learn. On this episode, I was actually doing psychotherapy on Mehdi. So you can watch and see some of the skills I use on him because... He has social anxiety. Yeah, you got me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> I teared up at one point. You did. And it's just like, come on, like, dude, we're supposed to be a team here, not like, all right. Well, you needed that. We talked about leaping into the discomfort, not being comfortable. And all of this because Mehdi is dodging being on TV when he should be because it is his way of dealing with his anxiety. And she used my own words against me by stepping out of your comfort zone. Hear all about it in this episode. And if you leave us a rating and review, you could win a t-shirt if we pick it. All this and more in today's episode. So Dr. D, I was telling you current events. Yes. Okay. So I want to know, did you see Joker yet? No. Okay. That just came out. Like the whole cinema was packed yesterday. There were no tickets. Did you go? No, I want to go. You're a big movie person. Do you watch Netflix? No, I don't. I'm not a big movie. For, when was the last time I turned my you TV on to, at home? You went to Pavarotti or whatever. Pavarotti, that was or like Shabbati in or whatever, whatever, the hell, whatever the hell the that guy's was. That was in May. I never go to movies. I don't live Sorry, live. Sorry, it was in May. I just listened to the episode. It was in May, right? Yeah, I listened to the episode the, thing the is, other is day. That, no, yeah. I don't. I don't go to movies. I don't watch Netflix. I don't have time. You need to make time. I need me time, yes. You do. You definitely do. I thought you were my shrink. You're supposed to teach me how to do me time. I'll, t- I'll tell how you. How can I me time? I grade. I have two kids. I have a clinic. And I do all these TV things. I got you. All right. Hire a TA. <laughs> okay. Do you know and any the, TAs? How much are you paying? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody does it for free nowadays. No. <laughs> it's good on your CV. Yeah, right. <laughs> I remember when I was doing internships. Like for me, I was like, all right, I'll intern. It's free. I know. It. I knew it from the States to be an intern for free. And then when I heard people asking for money, I'm like, are you an asshole? Like, you're coming to a company to learn. I'm teaching you. Yes. My knowledge is worth money. Exactly. It's like, you're not really like in the States. That's odd. Yeah. No, I mean, there are students that come to the clinic and I supervise them or Dr. Nasreen. And and we know, of course, we don't pay them because we're offering them knowledge. They can't get anywhere else. Okay. So you got hire a TA, (laughs) get a nanny. (laughs) <laughs> or I have two. a nanny. Get a nanny or two. I'm not paying that much salary. And then what, what was the third <laughs> one? It. What was the third one? I agree. Oh, I the, have clinic, a cl- oh, the clinic. The TV. The clinic. Hire an assistant. <laughs> I have two. Okay. Useless. And then. <laughs> <laughs> my God. You just called your assistants useless on the show. <laughs> Those poor. I feel bad. For, I would not want to work for you. See, I enjoy I, the partnership. Look, yeah, I am high. I think I have high expectation that I've really changed a lot. I mean, so Dr. Nasrin will is, tell you how much I have changed since I've been working with her. And and also Dr. Abdullah will tell you that too. The thing is, is that I have high expectation. Plus I'm snappy. The problem is, is that I work very fast and I want people that work with me to be up to par. And I can't stand this. Like, that's why I was telling you, I love working with you. Like when I say, Mahdi, let's do this, things happen. I can't stand people that I say, I'm going to, let's do this. And then it takes them a while to do it. And then when I check up on it, it's not done. And so maybe something wrong with me. I was going to say that, but you know, hey. I'm, maybe it's the expectation. I'm, I'm like a shrink in training right now. So. But no, I mean, but as a teacher, you were relaxed. Like you weren't a bad grader. You were, no, I'm relaxed with you were, you were chill with like when you look at a paper, what I, my grammar, my spelling, all that was crap when I was a st- I'm not an English but some teachers are real I don't do jerks it. about I'm sorry. That. I'm well, a psychology good. teacher. Yes, you're supposed to know how to write in psychology. But to be honest, 
I gave up the idea of correcting people's grammar on paper. My biggest thing, unless it's so bad I can't read it, yeah. I don't take points off. My biggest thing is answer the questions I need. So if I find the answer somewhere, I'm much more lax because really also cool. we work with students that English is their second language. I mean, you know, I try to really be understanding of that, but we have a writing center. We have so many other support systems that you can use yeah. that people don't use, but whatever. Have you so, backed away from multiple choice yet? Or do you still no, do multiple? No, I still do multiple choice. Oh my Come God, on. I hate multiple choice. It's They're so the bad. the best thing. For you Who guys, to for read, teachers. Do you think I want to read all those essays with bad grammar? Yeah, bad you enough should. When I, for people like me, I was a horrible test taker. Well, now, special I would needs, have been an A special student. Special needs students, we do give them that. No, no, no. I would, no, come on. I would have been, but you don't, there, it, when you tell someone that you're a horrible test taker, maybe No, but now, I was but a horrible then, test taker. I tell my students that all the time. Look. What's easier like, though? For me, I tell my students, look, I was a horrible test taker. I didn't know how to take tests, but it's part of life. I got to take it. I still became a doctor. The idea is, is that, and that's why the syllabus, we have so many other things. So we have tests and then we give you homework. Then we give you a project to present. So that way I can evaluate you in different aspects. So people that are like yourself and like me, they were bad. I couldn't stand multiple choice, but they're the easiest to score. Now Please. at least my parents know why I didn't get a 3.5. <laughs> it was Dr. D's fault. <laughs> it was all my Those fault. Those two C's you gave me. <laughs> there are A's now. Just and one imagine of them, one A's of them, now. One of them, one of them. I remember this day. I walked into your office. You were so pissed off. I don't know why. You were just in a bad mood that day. <laughs> I was married then. That's why I'm smiling now. <laughs> All right. That's good. And it was my final year and I was doing my IGCSEs at the same time. I was doing oh, my IGs right. and I walked in and I was like, give me a little bump. And you're like, yeah. Bump. So you were like, I didn't ask that. I was like, yeah, I, I got like a 56 or a 60. And you're like, yeah, you still pass with a C. Okay. Yeah, that was bye. nice of me. 60 and I gave you a C? No, it was because what the hell was wrong with my, my brain? projects. No, my projects. Your project Every, were A's. Everything, yeah, everything else I did in your class was A's That's except true. for my exam. I thought you would bump me up at least to a B, save my GPA. What the hell? Like who I, bumps? And I, oh my god, who uh, bumps? I don't bump. There were so many professors that bump up. Well, they shouldn't be professors. We don't <laughs> bump, but we could do a, a curve. A curve bell curve. But I, don't, yeah. I don't do a curve either because I figure you either know it or don't know it. Honestly, like with uh, but look, well, look how well you've developed. Those two C's, did they affect you getting a job? No. There are people yeah, that- Yeah, I'm a psychologist because of it. But what, <laughs> but if, the thing what is, if I had switched I and I became C's a psychologist? I got C's and I still became a doctor. I know, but what if I had switched? I mean, maybe- You could have gone to Maybe it hurt school. my ego. Maybe it hurt my ego now and it's, it shined me away from Now that requires school. psychotherapy or ego. <laughs> if it's an ego thing, it's psychotherapy. But it should not stop students because they got C's. You know how I many my students didn't get all A's and still made it to graduate yeah. programs? That has nothing to do with it. And ultimately in psychology, they're looking for a well-rounded person. I know people that were like top one in my class. They don't are not doing as well as I'm doing. And I also know students now they have graduated with a 4.0. They don't have a job. And the other mediocre average student have a job. So really these grades, you know, if I had that, I tell my students this all the time. I hope they don't tell the dean. If it was up to me, I would not do any grading. I would be able to assess you because there are students that are great. They have good insight. They yeah. really know and they read, but they don't do very well on exams. If it was up to me, I wouldn't even give an exams. What I would do, to be honest, I would do a project. I would do homework because these things really test your ability as a person because it's giving you time to prepare. Presentations I love because it shows your social anxiety. Presentations are really important. That's what I loved about your class. Do you know why? Because ultimately in life, we have to present 
I'm a presenter now. We present even when you're interviewing, you're presenting in life. You're constantly, you have to put a show on. So the idea is is that if kids do not, like it surprises me, students come to me and say, I would love to take your class, but I've heard that you have presentations, so I can't because I have social anxiety. That's when you need to take that class. And then I said to her, exactly what I said, you need, and I will help you. I'm a psychologist. I will guide you. No, no, no. I stutter. Uh, this and that, and I can't really take your class. Is there a way I can take your class and I don't do presentation? I said, oh, no, I will not allow that. And they're like, can I just do it in front of you? Now, sometimes major cases, I've done that. But in my 15 years at AUK, only once or twice I've allowed it. One time I had a student who stuttered, came to me and said, please, I, I have stuttering and I'm social anxiety and I really cannot present. I said, I'll help you. Just trust me. She presented, she was stuttering and she made it. And it was amazing. So people need to really move away from their comfort zone and try to deal with. So if you have social anxiety, what's the best thing you need to do? You think? Me? Yeah. Deal with it. Exactly. (laughs) Which brings me back to the point we were talking about. (laughs) One more thing about your class. (laughs) I gotta gotta throw this story back. What is this confession today? I know. Um, No, this is the reason why you want me, you want to do a podcast with me? Because I can can get back at you now. (laughs) No, there was one thing you did that was really well that did. Oh, thank one thing? Yes. It was just one thing. You're my protege. No, you stuck me in a project. With this dude, dude that did no work. <laughs> I remember. And then we got into a fight in the middle of the presentation before we started. And you said, you two, out of the class, go deal with this outside and come back and figure it out. And and I still remember that. Oh, you do? You remember yes. that situation? Yes. It was in social psychology class. Yep. And you were. It was, we were, it was presenting the Sopranos. Some theory. We were presenting on the Sopranos, the male phallus, Tony. That's right. The seagulls flying away with his phallus, <laughs> something like that. And the guy that I worked with, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. I was refusing. I was like, look, I don't want to present with this guy because he didn't do shit. But you know, I learned something from you also. For, ever since then, I first, I don't put you in group. You pick your own group. That's not my responsibility. B, you are in a group, but you're graded individually. So no longer oh, that's do so people good. Yeah, that's have good. to be because they're loafers. And I realized they're social loafers. There are going to be people like those who are know that you are an A student and because you're an overachiever, they'll leech on of, off of you because they know you're going to get an A, they get an A. So I stop these leeching people and I put everyone in a group. Now, there are some groups still don't get it. And there are always somebody in that group. We're going to feel sorry for this person who hasn't showed up because they, they victim, they're narcissists, you know, they victimize themselves and act like some terrible family issues happening and they can't do their work. And some sucker in that group will do it for them. Now I I can't control everything, but let me tell you, 80%, it has diffused all those issues. Now, nobody comes to me and says, this person in my group did this because the first thing I say, I didn't pick them. You picked them. I have nothing to do with it. You need to go and solve your problem. So if their parents haven't taught them to solve their problem, I'm doing it for them. And I am teaching you that I'm telling you that you are graded on your own. For example, there's a presentation and everyone presents. They're all in a group, but everyone presents. I'm grading you individually. Let's say that third person was, he was due to do something and he didn't show up. It's not your problem. And then students like, well, what should I do with the PowerPoint? You leave it empty and you say, this was Mehdi's slide. There's nothing on it. Embarrass them. I said, don't do it. No one is telling you. Then I will worry about Mahdi or Muhammad or Ahmed or whoever yeah. it is, right? It's so funny. I'm using all male names. Ooh. Uh, what's going on there, what's Dr. Going on there? Because I know 
girls, they work harder than guys. But anyways, whatever. That's another. I agree with that. That's a no, I, thing. I agree with that 100%. I swear to God. I agree guys with that are more lazy. That's but so anyways, true. and from my experience as a professor, I've noticed that. But then I'm like, look, you don't have to worry about this anymore. And it really has helped. Yeah. So no more. These people are leeching. That's great. Keep going with this topic. I'm avoiding right now. This I is know. I th- see that you're avoiding <laughs> that now because we need to get back to your social anxiety. What's up with this TV thing? Okay, you guys, I have to set up the stage. Or did you want to tell me about a movie first? No, no, no. We'll go we'll right go into it. Yeah, we'll so, go right okay, into it. Okay, you guys. So this is what's happening. You all know, and I don't know if you know, but if you do not know, I do these segments with uh, Quaid TV every Sunday at six o'clock where I talk about some psychological issue to bring awareness and it's in English. And then I suggested to the producer there that I've got the Project Kuwait and they've got a lot of good things going with them. And I wanted them to on TV on Hala Kuwait so they can talk about it so other people will be aware of them. So I call Mehdi and I say, Mehdi, what do you think? This is a great opportunity. Of course, I talked to Haya and Haya gave me the green light. She's not the one doing what the talking. What are you doing? So anyways, I say, Matt, last Sunday I was there and I tell the producer, please, I give her the Project Kuwait website or the Instagram. I say to her, this is the number. And I don't even give Mehdi's number. I give Haya's number. I said, call her, please. There are two things. One, they could do a show on the Project Kuwait. The other one is Haya, our superstar champion. We, I wanted her to talk about her. Who got sponsorship, by the way. Who got, see, sponsorship. She just got, she's got sponsorship. I've been playing sports for 20 and, years. And you guys talk about boys and girls. She's an overachiever, though. Is it? No, most girls are, but she is an overachiever. So anyways, let me finish. <laughs> so I call to, Mehdi. I say, Mehdi, she's going to call you. Please do it for Wednesday. And of course, Haya has been sick, so she couldn't do it. But it's booked for next Wednesday. Guess who's going? Hey. What the hell? No, I'm going. Well, she won't You have it. to go. She won't. What is the deal? Look, I, let me let me help you. I'm going to do psychotherapy, people, on Mehdi so you guys can learn some skills. Yell. What's the problem? I don't know. I just, I don't feel, I personally don't feel comfortable being on live TV. Why? Well, it's all the work that go, has to go into it. I got to leave work early. I got to take a shower. No, I gotta it's a shave. six o'clock. I got to shave. I got to get haircut. No, you don't. Six o'clock. Yeah, but I got to shave. I got to get a haircut. I got to find something to wear. I got to like, like, I have to look halfway respectable. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. Do you know what you're doing right now? What? What are you doing right now? That's different. I'm no, rec- no. What are you doing right now? Recording what's a different? podcast. I'm, re- yeah. I, I'm saying. I'm recording you were a saying, podcast. No, no. What you were saying. Not what are you doing like physically. What were you doing right now? As you're telling me all these little details that you have to do to be on this TV. Avoiding. Uh, Coming up creating, with excuses. Creating. Yes. Excuses are creating fears. That are irrational and that are going to be blocking you from performing what you need to perform. So social anxiety is all about what? Evaluation. Yeah. So most of the time, people worry about presenting or going on TV or even going on TV, uh, radio. That surprises me also. Like radio is only your voice. Radio is easy. But people, because the issue is, is you don't like to be in person where you are on TV. So for you, podcasts and radio is fine because you love your voice and you like your information. But Somehow, you don't want to be on TV where you're physically present, which means that you're putting yourself out there for more, what? Criticism in your mind. More, because when we're presenting in person, we worry about people's evaluation of us. And that's what part of social anxiety is about. Can evaluation. I just say like Malik bad? Malik is another fear that is becoming irrational. But is it really? Should I mean, Malik Khalq. Malik Khalq. First of all, Malik Khalq. But I'm not big on TV though. Like I'm not. It has nothing to do with big on TV. It's you are uncomfortable because you don't like the evaluation. 
I don't like the spotlight either. You don't like the spotlight? I don't like the spotlight. I really don't. Like me personally, I don't like being the center of attention. Now, if it were the three of us going on as a collective group, that would be easier for then me. Then we could do that. We, we could, could do, do it that. on a Sunday. I'd, I'd rather do it as a team. Oh, because then you're not on the spotlight. But you're exactly. not. You're going with Haya. Haya will be the spotlight. She's the champion. She doesn't want to do it. What do you mean she doesn't want to do She doesn't want to do the project thing. The, then on Wednesday, let her go. I honestly, I don't know any of the details. All I know is I have to be there at five. <laughs> That's all On I Wednesday? Know. Well, on Wednesday, if you're going to be with her, then you're going to have to talk about the project or leave it for Sunday when I'm there and do it Wednesday. But either way, right now we're not talking about You are dodging the issue. The issue is you are uncomfortable with being on spotlight. So the idea you have to ask yourself, look, all this psychotherapy for free, my God. Now I'm getting like have, anxious too, have dude. have to ask yourself. My palms are all sweaty. I see. I, even your your demeanor has changed. I know. I'm, you're I'm not shifted being funny. this way. I know, yeah. But you have to be aware that you're putting obstacles, which are excuses in your cognition, which is your thought, to give you a reason to not do it. Why not? The first time, you, I promise you, the first time, the second time you do it, and then it'll be a piece of cake. I used to like prepare and have these like things written down and they would put them on TV, on the screen, so that way people follow. And then I realized, I'm not going to do that. This is my field. I'm very comfortable with what I am saying. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but you, and therefore, also, you also have a filter though. I don't. I have no filter? filter. Like a filter, like a social filter where, oh, all right, I'll, I'll give you, you an can, example. You can I'll give use you, the I'll, word. I'll give you an example at work the other day. We had someone from the chairman's <laughs> office that came and he had a meeting with us and I had said something which made my manager kick me underneath the table to shut up, basically. <laughs> What'd you say? Well, it was, it was me basically ripping on the entire management team. That, it wasn't in a distasteful way. <laughs> Obviously. But it's something we don't do in this society. Yeah, we don't. We don't do it at all in this no, society. We, have, we don't call we have impression out. management. It's exactly. Called. Yeah, no, exactly. And for me, going on TV, like if they asked me a question of like, oh, what do you think about fitness in Kuwait? I'd be like, I think 80% of the trainers need to learn more. That's fine. You, you can know, say like, that. But you can't say they're all shitty. Well, I mean... I mean, first of all, that's your opinion. That's Second my, it's, of all, it's my opinion, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is that for you, because we were just talking earlier about how you don't give a shit. And so that's good for you. Sometimes I like it. You don't give a shit because it really makes you more relaxed. And it doesn't, you don't have to do this impression management. As I said, you're not impressing the other person in front of you where you have to cater your word to what they want to hear. That's good. But on the other hand, I think sometimes when you say, I don't give a shit, I don't give a shit, sometimes it can make you be careless. I think that's something people really need to understand. There's a, a I think point. for me, there is a thin line between I don't give a shit, like I don't give a shit about what other people think of me. I'm not going to go and be fashionable or do all these things because that's what people expect here. And I'm not going to do things beyond my budget because most people here go beyond their budget just so they can impress people. And then they're broke the, before even the end of the month, before we get paid again. There are limits to me. And the other thing is, is that I'm not going to change the way I think about certain things just to be appropriate or polite to other person. I mean, it's my job. Like when people come to me at the clinic, one of the things that, I mean, most people like me, but a lot of times people do say that you're a little bit harsh. And the reason why I'm harsh is because if I'm going to pamper you, they won't get anywhere. They won't get anywhere. Yeah. Because most of the time people come to me, they've already talked to their friends. They've already talked to a lot of these people. And most of these people are not really giving them factual and honest feedback. When you go to a psychologist and there's a trusting relationship, it's my job to say, look, I don't want you to be paying me so I can repeat what your parents are doing and your friends. I'm here because it is my job to be honest with you. So if I see something that is not accurate, I'll say it. 
that's the therapeutic session and therapeutic relationship. But on the other hand, I do give a shit when I'm in a meeting and I know this person is like lying and I have to put it in a more diplomatic way of saying maybe there's a misunderstanding. Like I've learned being in this part of the world, like I've made my own share of enemies and I've made a lot of people um, before in the past where maybe I said something that I felt like the person wasn't ready to hear. And then I used to say, well, who cares? That's my opinion and they got to put up with it. That's not true. Sometimes we really do need to watch what we're saying because the person in front of us, they're not ready to receive it. And I've learned that actually. Here, definitely, I've learned that a lot where I I used to like, who cares? This person I don't like, I have to tell them I don't like them. No, I don't. I don't have that attitude. No, you don't have that attitude. But I know some people like, I need to be transparent. You know, people say, I need to be transparent. Well, yeah, I need to be transparent when I feel like it's the right time. But there's a way of saying things too. That's right. Like there's a very, you can get your opinion across in a very tasteful way versus saying, oh no, dude, you're an idiot. That's stupid. You know, like. And I think I could say that with you. Or I could say it with someone that I feel like they're, it's a safe relationship. Yeah. Like people need to really understand when they should give feedback and when they shouldn't. Plus don't give feedback if I haven't asked you for feedback, you know, and then use this idea. I'm just honest. People don't like me because I'm honest. No, you're not honest because there's a lot of other things you're not honest with. So don't use pick and choose. That's a hypocrisy, right? Yeah. So going back with you, I think you're worried about something that is not there. You're actually there is no need for you to be a filter because you have enough filter and you know what you're supposed to say. And I don't. I think that you've exaggerating all these fears because you don't want to do it. You're not comfortable. But just because you're not comfortable doesn't mean we don't do it. Why do you think I set up a studio in my house? Because at See, least here I have this comfort zone. And like I think we need to move zone. from here. I that that's your opinion. No, I, I need you. <laughs> I see. Again, we're talking about. Beside the studio, I like it. It's very nice. No, but it's true. And you it's, it, tend it, it, to want to go to the comfort zone. You have a comfort zone. But there, in my opinion, too, there's a connection with people when I invite them into my home. I invite them into my life. A trust value system with them where it's like, come on, dude, you're in my house. Be relaxed. Hang out. Let's have a chat. It's true. That's how I look at it. That's true. But that's one part of it. And it's true. You're saying something right. When I, you invite someone to your house, you are more, much more relaxed and you're making them feel at home. But on the other hand is what you said earlier. You tend to use ways that makes you, you want to be comfortable, your comfort zone. Now, sometimes our comfort zone, they're important to us. But there are other times our comfort zone are not healthy and we need to leap into the discomfort. And I think a lot of people that have gotten used to this idea that they're comfortable where they are, they're not really challenging themselves. And I don't know how healthy that is. And it's not healthy for you. Imagine if all your life, you're going to be comfortable. How many other things that you could have tried out that you didn't do because you were uncomfortable? How many opportunities you're going to miss? And we're not going to teach DJ. Well, I'm glad he has Auntie Juliet because (laughs) I will not allow you to teach DJ to be comfortable. Comfort is not good all the time. Well, that's true. No, you're right. Look, in exercise. I've cured I, you? I t- I, no, yes. No, but I mean, in exercise, I tell people all the time, it's meant to be uncomfortable. See? It's meant to be. And TVs is meant like, to be right, uncomfortable. But, it's an going, opportunity. Going on TV, like my whole thing is like TV, it's live. I know I have a good voice. I know I have a good vibe behind a microphone. What if I go on TV and I suck? You know what I mean? Like, I don't like sucking. I do suck at a lot of things, Look, you, but there are some. You're gonna where, suck because you're human. I've sucked. Yeah, 
I mean, just because I'm a doctor and I'm the, you know, the expert on TV, it doesn't mean I suck. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, what the hell can I answer this? You know, there have been times where I've been on TV and where like someone says something, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> How do you answer that? And then you learn to dodge or you learn to answer some of it. And this, I mean, look at even experts on TV. A lot of them, they're like, you know, you know that they're not answering this question or they're not prepared. Plus, remember, they give you the questions ahead of time. It's not like you're just going to go in there. They tell you, they ask you the question. To this day, I have my questions written and I send it to them. Or the girl, the producer sent it to me. I already know what they're going to ask me. And believe me, 90% will never even stick to the subject. Well, you know, by now you've worked with me, yeah, you never stick yeah. to the subject. So the idea is that it is, but think about it the other way. Don't think about it, how challenging it will be and how uncomfortable. All these negative things that you just put in your mind. Think about the positiveness. What about, what conforming? Positive what about conforming to the social standard of people who want to be on TV, be in the limelight? Like, I don't want to be in that that category. So just because you went on one interview, please get over yourself. <laughs> You're not going to be a loud light. <laughs> this episode is going to be titled Sites with Dr. D shitting on men. <laughs> well, I have you a lot. But You're ripping on me today. I am ripping I'm on so you. It's about time. Right you are. You look so uncomfortable. I never feel See, like this. this is what it feels I feel like. so vulnerable right now. Like, it feels this is like what I'm, it feels like when you're in my sessions. It feels like I'm backing your session. Which I, you know what I appreciated? And I never thanked you like enough for this is giving free sessions to students back in the day mm. when it used to happen. Yes. That was really beneficial for someone like me. That I, helped me so much. Oh, thanks. No, now, I stopped doing it because, you know, a lot of times when we were small, right? So a lot of these students yeah, came yeah. in. But then after a while, it's like, I didn't want to be in this dual relationship. But then plus we, we developed, well, back in the days you... UK had just started, but now we have like counseling centers and we have people that are not professors doing it. Yeah, but it was cool. But it was it so was cool. cool. It was I really liked cool it, you did that. Actually, I loved it. I love working with students. I would love to just do psychotherapy on students. I love young adults because it is the time where you feel like you're set, helping them set a base. Yeah. So you feel like much more accomplished. So I'm glad that I gave you something. To, well, why the hell I didn't work on your social anxiety then? I didn't have it. I had anger issues. You did have a lot of I, Yeah, it was after my brother died and I came to see you for anger problems. That's very true. And we got through that. I dealt with the loss. Like there was a lot that happened in those two years. Mm. There was a lot that if I dealt with it on my own, I probably would have never healed. Like till this day, I still think about my brother and, you know, mm. I haven't fully dealt with that loss. And I know that. Did have a lot of issues. You had a lot, I mean, anger issues. It's, I still remember how you were like, you're very angry about what happened to your brother. And he was like a mentor for you. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, he was my parent. He was, you know, my mother, my father, my brother. We lived in the same room from when I was a kid, like a baby, all the way up until college. So we were like in our early 20s. So it was really, it was really tough. And I, I still remember how you felt like the anger came from the unfairness, right? Yeah. Here yeah. it is. He is a parent to you. He was your support. You came back. Right. Because you did you come back because of yeah, him? Yeah. Yes. And then I came back after he died for, to help out to family help out. and everything. But it seemed no. Yeah. Now, now I, I was, remember. I was going you were down pissed the wrong, off because you had to come back. I was going down the wrong road in the States. Too. Right. Like but, I was getting in but trouble. You were not, and, and you were not embracing that you had to come back. But you had to come back because now your older brother's not here and you had to 
carry a lot of his tasks. So I felt like you had anger issue also that you felt like there was unfairness yeah. in the whole process. Him dying, you coming back. And I was mad at him for him dying. Too. And you're very mad at him. Yeah. And which is very normal for those that are listening and have gone through grief. It is very normal to have. I mean, there are two types of grief. One is like for parents to have because they have a survival's guilt. Yep. And then the other one is that always, well, you know, my brother died too. And he died in 2000 and he was like only 32 years old. And we had a really great relationship. And I felt like he kept the family balanced. And I was so angry because I didn't understand why 32. It's so bad. Oh, I don't know if I should say this, but I used to think about all these relatives that I have that are older. And I was wondering, why didn't they go? Like they're old, they're, yeah. you know, they're stealing oxygen yeah. and from the world. Like I remember thinking that and here I have, you I have just finished things. my you doctorate. You definitely think about those things, yeah. And I was supposed to go on my graduation. He died October 4th and in my school, we had graduation in October. So two weeks later. So of course I went to my graduation because my friend, she pushed me and I didn't invite any friends, any relative, nobody, but my sister. And I was like, to me, I felt like so angry because he did keep a balance. He was only 32. His kids were so small. And I was just like full of rage. And the idea is like, you know, why does it all have to happen? So grief, first of all, it is about like anger until you can accept it. You know, you're depressed. So I feel like it was so hard for me, to be honest, at that time. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. And it's tough to, to realize it too. Mm. I remember when I was sitting in your chair. Are you tearing up? A little bit, yeah. Aww. No, I, I like I'm I, re- sorry. I I remember those moments. Like I remember sitting uh, sitting in your chair, and you asked me, you're like, "So are you angry at him?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking angry at him. He's a mm. fucking asshole." Just because he was my support system that I mm. grew up with. But yeah, I'm avoiding everything right now, and <laughs> I'm doing it. a pretty damn good job at it. You're doing so a good back, job. Back to back the to social, TV. Back to the TV thing. Yeah, like I, I just don't want to suck. You're not gonna suck. And I don't know what to wear. Like you don't have to wear anything. You should see some of these people. Can I wear what I'm wearing right now? No, you can't. See? I don't know if you can See? wear shorts. Well, all right. Can I wear like trainers? Like yeah, you trainer can wear p- trainers. I'll wear trainers. I mean, you guys pants. are trainers. Yeah. You should see a lot of times in my episode, sometimes they'll bring trainers before me. And uh, I don't classify myself as a trainer. I mean, whatever. They, they, a, they a, wear, still... they're trainers and they wear training. I mean, can you imagine if you're a trainer and not wearing training? But most of the time people just wear casual things. I mean, of course I go dressed up a little bit. I don't know why. I start to become more casual. Last time. The host asked me, oh, you're casual today, Dr. D. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because, you know, I'm working, I'm teaching all day on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And so this semester has been like hard because I teach five classes. Then I have to run to the studio. So I'm even wearing tennis shoes and I'm liking it, actually. See, I wear tennis shoes. Yeah, that's good. Mehdi, it's not about what you wear. You're putting obstacles. Obstacles create fear that <laughs> are irrational. Do I have to get a haircut? Can you listen to this? I don't want to get Obst- a haircut. You don't need to get a haircut. Right. Who said you have to get a haircut? Can I wear a hat? Now, this one, I don't know. Maybe. I'd like to wear a hat. I'd really like to wear a hat. I won't wear it backwards. I'll wear it frontwards, but I'd like to wear a hat. I don't know if I've, I mean, I haven't seen. You, can you go on their website and see? Maybe there is. It's okay. Maybe. I, don't, I mean, I'd, the host always wears I'd a I'd feel more comfortable if I was in a hat. Well, tell them. You are not going to feel more comfortable. You look, this is important. <laughs> not because of anything. It's not going to make you famous. It's important for you. You know why I'm pushing you to do it? Because it's part of your therapy. You know, when my clients come and they have a fear of something, I ask them to put themselves. I mean, one of the ways to treat fear is to put them in this situation. So now it's my job to teach you to get over your social anxiety and by pushing yourself, even if you have to not talk, talk two minutes, have Heya do most of the talking. It doesn't matter. It is about, I will be there on the. So if you guys change it to the time I'm there, we'll do it together. But then that's too much exposure for me because then I'll have to be there for the whole hour. 
part with you guys, part with me. But it doesn't matter. To me, I will give you all the support you need. You got to push yourself. Right. If you continue to think about all the negative things that can happen on TV, you're never going to be on TV. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get it over and done with. You will? You promise? Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to need the update. All right. That's the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna that's bri- psychotherapy. I'm going to bribe Haya. I don't have to do this. You get a weekend to go away by yourself. Are you serious? This is how you're going to resolve this? I'm going to call her and say, don't take any bribing. I just don't. I don't know. Like, I just really After don't. After all this, you still say no? Yeah, I still Like, I don't know. I mean, yes, I find value in it for the show. Not for the show. For you to put yourself in an uncomfortable situations so you can grow as a person. And you could be a great I mentor. For- I'm 36 years old. I've grown enough. No, you haven't grown <laughs> like, enough. Haven't I, gro- I ripped my shorts in front of a guy at the gym <laughs> the other day. Of course, of course I've grown enough. Well, you've shown your ass to people. What difference does it make if you go on TV? I can't get any worse. That's a good point. That's that. That's <laughs> How worse can it get? That's true. That's, <laughs> it can definitely get worse. It like, what, if, what if I sit down and my pants rip? <laughs> You're sitting down anyways. And then before you get up, they have already closed the TV. When you get up, then walk, have Haya walk behind you. <laughs> Simple. Right. Everything will work out. You got to think like that. Can't think of all the bad things. The glass is not half empty. It's half full. All right. All right. You've convinced me somewhat. All right. I'll send you my bill later. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> a lot of work. You, you can take that off of the bill that, that you owe me. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have to pay you. <laughs> well, good. But no, I mean, look, you, you bring up some very valid points. I agree with you 100%. Like when I coach people or train people, look, you have to step out of your comfort zone. If you're going to get better, stronger, faster, you got to get out of your comfort zone. So you gotta, stop being a hypocrite. I, that's that's exercise. That's working out. That's playing a sport. It's different than going on TV and, you know, like saying, hey, look at me. You know, like I got this. I got that. What if like I go on TV and then it's like my product, like us, the project is not that good. Like what if that? What's not good? I don't hey, yeah, know. But you, see, now, I, we're now, all good. But I know. But now see that all these fears are coming up. Because fears will come up as, what did I just tell you? The reason why people have social anxiety is because they have the worst fear. The most problem with us is our fears. Our fears are irrational, but we create them and they're the obstacle for our success. If you can minimize your fears from irrational thoughts, then you'll be a lot more successful. I teach people all the time. If you have social anxiety, if you have fears, if you have phobias, you got to challenge yourself or you will always feel that you've never You know, can you imagine like having a fear of flying and all your life you live in that fear and then you're always going to feel bad that you haven't traveled the world. Maybe one of your long-term goals is to travel. Right now, you have stopped yourself from living. It's true. And remember, our worst enemy is what? Ourselves. Fears ourselves. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.